Hello, I'm Nick White. I'm the knowledge lawyer for the pensions team here at Travis Smith. Welcome to our podcast summary of the latest issue of what's happening in pensions or WIP. This is our regular update on pensions legal developments. I'm joined by pensions partner and acting head of pensions, Susie Dakin, to give you a brief outline of some key recent developments. There's much more detail in the briefing itself. You can find it on our website if you're not already there. Just Google Travis Smith Pensions. There's a big DC focus in this issue. That's mostly because there was a raft of announcements from the new pensions minister, Laura Trott, about ongoing initiatives regarding DC pensions. To summarise these, Susie, you go first. Thanks, Nick. Well, let's start with the new final regulations and mandatory guidance for the government's proposals to encourage DC schemes to invest more in illiquid assets. So that includes things like private equity and infrastructure and ties in with the government's economic growth agenda. So what does this mean for DC trustees? Well, firstly, you'll have to disclose and explain in the statement of investment principles for the default arrangement, your policy for investment in illiquid assets within that arrangement. If trustees do invest in the liquids, they'll have to explain why and their views of the advantages of doing so. And if they don't, they need to explain why they don't. So these obligations will start applying from the next point the default SIP is revised on or after October this year, but in any event, no later than October 2024. Trustees will also need to declare in the chair statement the specific asset allocation percentages in which the default arrangement is invested, as against prescribed asset classes and for different age cohorts. This will apply for the first chair statement that applies for the scheme year ending after 1 October 2023. And there's also going to be an exemption from the charge cap calculations for potentially high performance based fees, provided they meet prescribed criteria. And some of the issues with the original proposed criteria have been addressed from the consultation draft. Schemes will have to disclose details in their chair statement and then on a publicly accessible website. And that's going to apply from April this year. Next, the government pensions regulator and FCA have joined forces to issue a consultation on a new framework for metrics, standards and disclosures for value for money assessments in DC pension schemes and personal pensions. They want all schemes, not just the smallest ones, to think more about value and to focus on more than just charges. So as well as value, trustees will also be required to consider investment performance and quality of services. The idea is that this more extensive obligation will replace the current chair's statement requirement to consider value for members. More than that, all schemes will also need to compare their scheme either, yet to be decided, with benchmarks or with viable alternative schemes. And as we've come to expect, there'll be disclosure requirements. These would cover both the scheme metrics data and the trustees value assessment and the results from that. There are no draft regulations yet, and it looks like it'll be a few years before this results in legislation coming into force. What else? Well, we have a new government call for evidence seeking views on questions around the automatic consolidation of small deferred DC pension pots. The options have now been narrowed to two, involving either a default consolidator for every individual or a so-called pot follows member regime. There are also questions the government is asking about the size of pots that should be in scope 
and also recognising that some of the tricky issues around protected pension ages will need to be addressed if there will be automatic transfers. And the last of uh, Laura Trott's announcements was a government consultation, which we'd expected, on collective DC pension provision. And that uh, proposes to allow schemes to be operated for unconnected employers, and that could involve master trust and commercial providers. At the moment, only schemes for single or connected employers can be operated, and Royal Mails is expected to start next year. The government is also thinking about allowing decumulation-only arrangements for individuals to transfer into at retirement, but it notes that these face issues with achieving sufficient scale to operate in the way that these schemes are supposed to work. Though much of the existing framework for single and connected employers can be carried across, there are concerns about protecting members, especially with accumulation-only arrangements, and these concerns include ensuring that members who transfer in are not treated any better or worse than those who are already in the arrangement. And in addition to all of those announcements, we also have, firstly, a regulator guidance statement for DC trustees and what the regulator expects trustees to be doing to support members through the current economic circumstances and, where necessary, to strengthen their scheme governance arrangements. And finally, news that the FCA is looking at the advice that consumers are receiving on meeting their income needs in retirement and, more generally, at the quality of consumer outcomes. So those are the items that we wanted to highlight in particular. In WIP itself, you can also find news about some other things, and that includes the freezing of the automatic enrolment earnings trigger for 2023-24, and also of the qualifying earnings band figures. The conclusion of the pensions regulator that it didn't have scope to exercise its anti-avoidance powers in relation to the Carillion collapse very broadly, because it reached the conclusion that the actions it was investigating did not in fact result in any actual detriment to the schemes. Now, of course, that insolvency occurred before the new TPR powers were introduced in 2021, so they were only able to consider the, the old powers they had at that time. And we also write about a House of Lords committee report on DB pension schemes and their LDI arrangements. There, the committee concluded that systematic issues, particularly with accounting standards and insufficient regulation, contributed to the gilt market issues that followed the mini budget last autumn. And finally, we have some new PAFA guidance on pensions dashboards for master trusts. Now, the largest of those schemes, of course, will be the first schemes that will have to connect. But that guidance contains much which will be relevant to other schemes as well. If you'd like any more information on anything in WIP, please get in touch with your usual Travis Smith contact, or you can email pensions at traversmith.com. You can sign up on our website to be sent email alerts when we publish new briefings. Thanks very much for listening.